I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading 1 Kings chapters 5 and 6 and 2 Chronicles chapters 2 and 3. This is the new King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. In chapter 5 of 1 Kings and 2 Chronicles chapter 2, we're going to build the temple. Chapter 5 of 1 Kings, verse 1. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon, because he heard that they had anointed him king in place of his father. For Hiram had always loved David. Then Solomon sent to Hiram, saying, You know how my father David could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God, because of the wars which were fought against him on every side, until the Lord put his foes under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor evil occurrence. And behold, I propose to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord spoke to my father David, saying, Your son, whom I will set on your throne in your place, he shall build the house for my name. Now therefore command that they cut down cedars for me from Lebanon, and my servants will be with your servants, and I will pay your wages for your servants according to whatever you say. For you know there is none among us who has skill to cut timber like the Sidonians. So it was when Hiram heard the words of Solomon that he rejoiced greatly and said, Blessed be the Lord this day, for he has given David a wise son over this great people. Then Hiram sent to Solomon, saying, I have considered the message which you have sent me, and I will do all you desire concerning the cedar and cypress logs. My servant shall bring them down from Lebanon to the sea. I will float them in rafts by sea to the place you indicate to me, and will have them broken apart there. Then you can take them away, and you shall fulfill my desire by giving food for my household. Then Hiram gave Solomon cedar and cypress logs according to all his desire. And Solomon gave Hiram twenty thousand cores of wheat as food for his household, and twenty cores of pressed oil. Thus Solomon gave to Hiram year by year. So the Lord gave Solomon wisdom, as he had promised him, and there was peace between Hiram and Solomon, and the two of them made a treaty together. Then King Solomon raised up a labor force out of all Israel, and the labor force was thirty thousand men. And he sent them to Lebanon, ten thousand a month in shifts, but they were one month in Lebanon and two months at home. Adoniram was in charge of the labor force. Solomon had 70,000 who carried burdens and 80,000 who quarried stone in the mountains, besides 3,300 from the chiefs of Solomon's deputies who supervised the people who labored in the work. And the king commanded them to quarry large stones, costly stones, and hewn stones to lay the foundation of the temple. So Solomon's builders, Hiram's builders, and the Gebelites quarried them, and they prepared timber and stones to build the temple. Now the parallel account to that is found in Second Chronicles chapter 2. This is the account that was presented to the returning exiles. Verse 1, Then Solomon determined to build a temple for the name of the Lord and a royal house for himself. Solomon selected 70,000 men to bear burdens, 80,000 to quarry stone in the mountains, and 3,600 to oversee them. 
Then Solomon sent to Hiram king of Tyre, saying, As you have dealt with David my father, and sent him cedars to build himself a house to dwell in, so deal with me. Behold, I am building a temple for the name of the Lord my God, to dedicate it to him, to burn before him sweet incense, for the continual showbread, for the burnt offerings morning and evening, on the Sabbaths and on the new moons, and on the feast of the Lord our God. This is an ordinance forever to Israel. And the temple which I build will be great, for our God is greater than all gods. But who is able to build him a temple, since heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain him? Who am I then that I should build him a temple except to burn sacrifice before him? Therefore send me at once a man skillful to work in gold and silver and bronze and iron, in purple and crimson and blue, who has skill to engrave with the skillful men who are with me in Judah and Jerusalem, whom David my father provided. Also send me cedar and cypress and algum logs from Lebanon, for I know that your servants have skill to cut timber in Lebanon, and indeed my servants will be with your servants, to prepare timber for me in abundance, for the temple which I am about to build shall be great and wonderful. And indeed I will give to your servants, the woodsmen who cut timber, twenty thousand cores of ground wheat, twenty thousand cores of barley, twenty thousand baths of wine, and twenty thousand baths of oil. Then Hiram, king of Tyre, answered in writing, which he sent to Solomon, Because the Lord loves his people, he has made you king over them. Hiram also said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who made heaven and earth, for he has given King David a wise son, endowed with prudence and understanding, who will build a temple for the Lord and a royal house for himself. And now I have sent a skillful man, endowed with understanding, Hiram, my master craftsman, the son of a woman of the daughters of Dan, and his father was a man of Tyre, skilled to work in gold and silver, bronze and iron, stone and wood, purple and blue, fine linen and crimson, and to make any engraving and to accomplish any plan which may be given to him, with your skillful men and with the skillful men of my lord David your father. Now therefore the wheat, the barley, the oil, and the wine which my lord has spoken of, let him send to his servants." And we will cut wood from Lebanon as much as you need. We will bring it to you in rafts by sea to Joppa, and you will carry it up to Jerusalem. Then Solomon numbered all the aliens who were in the land of Israel after the census in which David his father had numbered them, and there were found to be 153,600. And he made 70,000 of them bearers of burdens, 80,000 stonecutters in the mountain, and 3,600 overseers to make the people work. Well, Solomon knows where to go to get the best lumber at the best value, and that's from a friend, of course. He goes to King Hiram of Tyre, who was a longtime family friend, and he cuts a deal for the massive amounts of lumber needed for the building of this temple. David had done much of the planning for this temple himself. That was before his death. He would have built it himself, but was denied the privilege of doing so by God himself in Second Samuel chapter 7 and First Chronicles chapter 17. Solomon explains that reality to King Hiram in verses 3 and 4. David was a warring man, a warring king, by necessity, of course, and because of that was not permitted by God to build the house of God. Those Sidonians are quite the lumberjacks, I guess. They were descendants of Canaan's first son, Sidon. He was Noah's grandson. They were thus Canaanites, but they were never driven from the land by Israel, as we see in Judges chapter 1, verse 31. 
They resided within the boundaries of the tribe of Asher. In Israel's history during the period of the Judges, these Sidonians had shown hostility toward Israel. That's found in Judges chapter 10, verse 12. But now they turn out to be Solomon's best friends. Sidon itself was about 20 miles up the coast from Tyre. The two cities were big commerce port cities throughout the Old Testament because location is everything. There's a map on the page of the written notes of BibleTrack.org to show you where these locations are. What about the massive manpower needed to build the temple? Well, Solomon assigns 150,000 workmen to the project as full-time non-Hebrew slave laborers and 3,600 supervisors. First Kings says 3,300, but doesn't count the supervisors over the supervisors, and that's big. These slave laborers were resident foreigners with another 250 Israelite managers over them, according to Second Chronicles chapter 8, verse 10. As mentioned earlier, Solomon taps into the relationship that his dad had with the king of Tyre again here for the wood. How much is wood? Well, here Solomon offers 120,000 bushels of crushed wheat, 120,000 bushels of barley, 120,000 gallons of wine, and 120,000 gallons of oil. The king of Tyre accepts this offer. They cut the wood in Lebanon and bring it down in barges along the seashore. You can look at the map and see what I'm talking about. For this project, they had to draft a lot of Israelites, 30,000 of them. These worked in Lebanon one month at a time as timberjacks, 10,000 on each team. These Israelites, thus drafted, worked four months each year for Solomon and the remaining eight months each year on their own crops. The building of the temple, as you can see, was a massive undertaking. Incidentally, Solomon's excessive use of conscripted Israeli labor would later become the stated reason for the split of his kingdom after his death. Jeroboam, who was superintendent of conscripted labor, he later heads the movement in 1 Kings chapter 12, verses 1-15, through 15, to seek some reasonable relief from Solomon's labor expectations after his death. If they don't do it, he says he'll split and start their own country. Rehoboam, who's Solomon's son and king of Israel after Solomon's death, he refuses that relief, resulting in the split of the ten tribes, who end up following Jeroboam in what becomes known as the northern kingdom. However, it should be noted the real reason for the split of the kingdom was Solomon's tolerance of paganism, brought about by his excessive marrying to heathen women, as indicated by the prophet in 1 Kings chapter 11. Excessive marrying there being based upon the premise that if one wife is sufficient and two wives is too many, then surely 1,000 wives and concubines is somewhere way over on the too-many nuptial scale. So in 1 Kings chapter 6 and 2 Chronicles chapter 3, it's time to get this project rolling. Verse 1, And it came to pass in the 480th year after the children of Israel had come out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziv, which is the second month, that he began to build the house of the Lord. Now the house which King Solomon built for the Lord, its length was 60 cubits, its width 20, and its height 30 cubits. The vestibule in front of the sanctuary of the house was 20 cubits long across the width of the house, and the width of the vestibule extended 10 cubits from the front of the house. And he made for the house windows with beveled frames. Against the wall of the temple he built chambers all around, against the walls of the temple, all around the sanctuary and the inner sanctuary. Thus he made side chambers all around it. 
The lowest chamber was five cubits wide, and the middle was six cubits wide, and the third was seven cubits wide, for he made narrow ledges around the outside of the temple so that the support beams would not be fastened into the walls of the temple. And the temple, when it was being built, was built with stone finished at the quarry, so that no hammer or chisel or any iron tool was heard in the temple while it was being built. The doorway for the middle story was on the right side of the temple. They went up by stairs to the middle story, and from the middle to the third. So he built the temple and finished it, and he paneled the temple with beams and boards of cedar. And he built side chambers against the entire temple, each five cubits high. They were attached to the temple with cedar beams. Then the word of the Lord came to Solomon, saying, Concerning this temple which you are building, if you walk in my statutes, execute my judgments, keep all my commandments, and walk in them, then I will perform my word with you, which I spoke to your father David. And I will dwell among the children of Israel, and will not forsake my people Israel. So Solomon built the temple and finished it, and he built the inside walls of the temple with cedar boards, from the floor of the temple to the ceiling he paneled the inside with wood. And he covered the floor of the temple with planks of cypress. Then he built the twenty-cubit room at the rear of the temple, from floor to ceiling, with cedar boards. He built it inside as the inner sanctuary, as the most holy place. And in front of it, the temple sanctuary was forty cubits long. The inside of the temple was cedar, carved with ornamental buds and open flowers. All was cedar, there was no stone to be seen. And he prepared the inner sanctuary inside the temple to set the ark of the covenant of the Lord there. The inner sanctuary was twenty cubits long, twenty cubits wide, and twenty cubits high. He overlaid it with pure gold and overlaid the altar of cedar. So Solomon overlaid the inside of the temple with pure gold. He stretched gold chains across the front of the inner sanctuary and overlaid it with gold. The whole temple he overlaid with gold until he had finished all the temple. Also he overlaid with gold the entire altar that was by the inner sanctuary. Inside the inner sanctuary he made two cherubim of olive wood, each ten cubits high. One wing of the cherub was five cubits, and the other wing of the cherub five cubits, ten cubits from the tip of one wing to the tip of the other. And the other cherub was ten cubits. Both cherubim were of the same size and shape. The height of one cherub was ten cubits, and so was the other cherub. Then he set the cherubim inside the inner room, and they stretched out the wings of the cherubim so that the wing of one touched one wall and the wing of the other touched the other wall, and their wings touched each other in the middle of the room. Also he overlaid the cherubim with gold. Then he carved all the walls of the temple all around, both the inner and the outer sanctuaries, with carved figures of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. And the floor of the temple he overlaid with gold, both the inner and outer sanctuaries. For the entrance of the inner sanctuary he made doors of olive wood. The lintel and doorpost were one-fifth of the wall. The two doors were of olive wood, and he carved on them figures of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers, and overlaid them with gold, and he spread gold on the cherubim and on the palm trees. So for the door of the sanctuary he also made doorposts of olive wood, one-fourth of the wall. And the two doorposts were of cypress wood, Two panels comprised one folding door, and two panels comprised the other folding door. Then he carved cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers on them, and overlaid them with gold applied evenly on the carved work. And he built the inner court with three rows of hewn stone and a row of cedar beams. 
In the fourth year, the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid in the month of Ziv. And in the eleventh year, in the month of Bull, which is the eighth month, the house was finished in all its details and according to all its plans. So he was seven years in building it. Now over to the account in Second Chronicles chapter 3. Now Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father David at the place that David had prepared on the threshing floor of Arnon the Jebusite. And he began to build on the second day of the second month in the fourth year of his reign. This is the foundation which Solomon laid for building the house of God. The length was sixty cubits, by cubits according to the former measure, and the width twenty cubits. And the vestibule that was in the front of the sanctuary was twenty cubits long across the width of the house, and the height was one hundred and twenty. He overlaid the inside with pure gold. The larger room he paneled with cypress, which he overlaid with fine gold, and he carved palm trees and chain work on it. And he decorated the house with precious stones for beauty, and the gold was gold from Parvaim. He also overlaid the house, the beams and doorposts, its walls and doors with gold, and he carved cherubim on the walls, and he made the most holy place. Its length was according to the width of the house, twenty cubits, and its width twenty cubits. He overlaid it with six hundred talents of fine gold. The weight of the nails was fifty shekels of gold, and he overlaid the upper area with gold. In the most holy place he made two cherubim, fashioned by carving, and overlaid them with gold. The wings of the cherubim were twenty cubits in overall length. One wing of the one cherub was five cubits, touching the wall of the room, and the other wing was five cubits, touching the wing of the other cherub. One wing of the other cherub was five cubits, touching the wall of the room, and the other wing was also five cubits, touching the wing of the other cherub. The wings of these cherubim spanned twenty cubits overall. They stood on their feet, and they faced inward. And he made the veil of blue, purple, crimson, and fine linen, and wove cherubim into it. Also he made in front of the temple two pillars thirty-five cubits high, and the capital was on top of each of them was five cubits. He made wreaths of chain work, as in the inner sanctuary, and put them on top of the pillars. And he made one hundred pomegranates, and put them on the wreaths of chain work. Then he set up the pillars before the temple, one on the right hand and the other on the left. He called the name of the one on the right hand Jachin, and the name of the one on the left Boaz. So after four years of preparation, Solomon begins the work on the temple. This is the temple that God told David he could not build back in 1 Kings chapter 17. It took seven years to build the temple, 105 feet long by 35 feet wide. These two chapters give a construction overview along with the furnishings. Talk about a generous use of gold. Here's a generous, very generous use of gold. Virtually everything inside, including the walls, was overlaid with gold. It's no wonder Israel's enemies had their eye on Israel's temple. Now, 1 Kings chapter 6, verses 11 through 13, those verses contain a conditional promise from God specifically to Solomon. Here's what it says. Then the word of the Lord came to Solomon, saying, Concerning this temple which you are building, if you walk in my statutes, execute my judgments, keep all my commandments, and walk in them, then I will perform my word with you, which I spoke to your father David, and I will dwell among the children of Israel and will not forsake my people Israel. This was a confirmation of the promise that God had made to David back in Second Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 through 16. That's the promise that we know as the Davidic covenant. 
One distinction should be noted, though, between this word to Solomon and the promise that had been made to David, which we know, as I mentioned, as the Davidic covenant. There were no conditions prescribed for the fulfillment of the covenant that God had made with David back there in 2 Samuel chapter 7. That was an unconditional covenant, and that covenant, by the way, has messianic implications. If you want to know more about the Davidic covenant and the unconditional nature of it, and the Messianic Implications, then look at my article under the topic section of BibleTrack.org entitled, The Davidic Covenant. This word to Solomon was limited in scope to the physical reign of Solomon. Now, we get an extremely significant chronological fix in 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 1. Here's what that verse says. And it came to pass in the 480th year, after the children of Israel had come out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziv, which is the second month, that he began to build the house of the Lord. Now, by following the chronology of the kings of Judah, we're able to fix the date of the beginning of Solomon's rule at 971 B.C. Therefore, four years after his reign began puts us at 967 B.C., which, by the way, we are told in this verse, is the 480th year since Israel left Egyptian bondage. That places the exodus of Israel from Egypt at 1445, maybe 1446 B.C. With this verse, we're also able to calculate the length of the period of the judges of Israel at 346 years. If you want to know more about that calculation, then see my notes on Judges chapter 1. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walker. 